said, we are beginning to uh, um, dive into the, the third chapter of Ruth. It's kind of a quick backstory. Ruth chapter one. Um, uh, Naomi is uh, married to Elimelech, has two sons. His two sons marry Moabite women, uh, Ruth and Orpah. Uh, the two sons die, and Ruth and Orpah have a choice either to stay in their homelands and go back to their gods or to return to uh, Bethlehem uh, since there was a stirring of, of food there. Uh, Ruth said to Naomi, where you go, I will go, and your people will be my people. I, I choose to follow the one true God. And as they came back, chapter 2, we see it's the beginning of the uh, the barley feast, um, the, or the harvest, uh, they were able to. Ruth was able to go into the fields and and, and get uh, barley and, and wheat um, for his for her, her um, for Naomi, her, her mother-in-law, and her character was just shown during this entire time. Not only her character in terms of her work ethic and how much she cared for um, Naomi, but also for Boaz. This Boaz is on the scene. So the beginning of chapter two, verse one, it says. Now, Naomi had a relative of, of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And I think that the, the one maybe key word, uh, there's kind of two, maybe two key words in the book of Ruth. One is redeemer or redemption, right? God is the one who redeems and, and brings redemption in our lives. But two is, is worthy. Ruth was a worthy woman. Boaz was a worthy Man. So we're going to look at this chapter three in three paragraphs. First, first the advice of a of a mother-in-law. Look at again in chapter three, verse one. It says, "Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you?'" It's interesting if you read back to chapter one. What are the the prime motivation in Naomi's life was rest? And if you, if you kind of do a biblical theology of, of the idea of rest throughout the scripture. Rest is a huge deal. You see rest at the end of the creating of the six, after the six days, God created, that God rested from his labors. And really, you see the entering into promised land, after the entering into promised land, at the end of that book, Joshua had rest. And in David's day, when there was a united kingdom and David was honoring the Lord, there was rest. Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4, we long for the day of our eternal rest to be with God, but we will rest from our labors. What Ruth is, what Naomi wants for Ruth is, is rest. No more struggle, no more labor, no go out and work in the fields. But to, to have rest for her would, to be a wife. And, and to be, to be a mother. That was her desire. In that day, a woman who did not have a husband was often destitute. Had to work hard just to, to, to survive. And Naomi, loving her daughter-in-law, even here says she's not just a daughter-in-law, but a daughter. I want you to have rest. So she kind of nudges her along uh, towards Boaz. Uh, now, we don't know exactly all the different interactions that Ruth and, Bo- and Boaz have had. We know chapter 2, right? And chapter 2 is this wonderful picture of, of Ruth working in the field and Boaz seeing this woman of character and then having one conversation. And Boaz was uh, impressed that Ruth sought refuge under the wings of God, under God's mighty protection. So she, he had a, had, a, had a strong character of, of opinion of Ruth. But we don't know how often they saw each other. There may be some feelings developing there. Uh, in the beginning of a courtship, it may be a look. It may be a smile, right? 
Now, the Bible doesn't kind of paint all those things for us, but we've lived long enough in this life, right, to know when courtship begins to happen and how that excitement kind of flutters the heart, right? Now, remember, Ruth was a younger widow. Boaz is probably a year, a man who's of considerable more age uh, than her. So this would have been a little bit more difficult to, to navigate. Just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. As we go on to verse 2, is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. That's the end of the harvest. And what does Naomi say? Wash therefore and anoint yourself and put your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. And do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say I will do. Now, there's a lot of context here, okay? Um, basically, what Naomi is doing is saying, go to Boaz and tell him your intentions that you like him, right? Checkbox, yes or no, right? First century, right? Go there and, you know, make sure you're there, uncover his feet, which is going to cause him to wake up, and he'll tell you what to do. But notice that the, 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 it could be kind of portrayed as uh, if Ruth wasn't a noble woman or a worthy woman and Boaz wasn't a worthy man, that this could be promiscuous. It could be, it could be that way, right? A woman uh, is going to, you know, Naomi, telling her daughter-in-law, I mean, take it out of this context, and I just kind of took it in, in modern-day language, use, use the microphone, but I just took it in modern-day language and said, hey, um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, hey, they're celebrating, they're going to be drinking. At the end of the day, after they're all kind of sauced up a little bit, I want you to go and lay at the guy's feet, right? He's going to wake up in the middle of the night, all right? And I want you to tell him how you feel, right? It's, it, seems, it seems a little bit awkward, right? Um, but you always have to put in context that, that who are these people? It's Boaz, who's a worthy man. It's Ruth, who is a worthy woman. And I think the key for, for Naomi and her advice is right there in verse 4. Uh, then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he, he will tell you what to do. And I think what, what Naomi is doing is Naomi is saying, I trust Boaz to be a worthy and godly man. Right? So the, 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 the trust is, is, is not in anything other than the character of a, a man of God, Boaz. All right, scene number two, what happens? So, Ruth, she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then, he came, then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. Okay? That probably would have been shocking. That, that's never happened to me, right? But I'm assuming if it did happen, it would be shocking. And verse, verse 9, he said, who are you? Now, why is he asking that question? Ruth has, Boaz has known Ruth, right, for probably for months. So how, why? It's dark, right? He can't see. You know, there's not the night lights. Okay, there's not a candle blowing here. It's pitch black. I can't see who it is. Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth. Your servant. Now hear these words. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. So what is she asking there? If you just want to kind of 
place, uh, maybe a, uh, your hand in the Bible, and just kind of turn in your Bible to Ezekiel chapter 16. Uh, I got this from uh, John Piper. He says, the only other place in the Bible where this idea of the word skirt or garment here, the word in the Hebrew here, is in the Bible is, is Ezekiel 16, verse 8. 16, verse 8. And listen to what this scripture says. It says, When I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you were at the age for love. And I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord. And you became mine. What Ruth is saying here, he's saying, I want you to protect me. I want you to be faithful to me. I want you to be my husband. It, it's, there's not a lot of promiscuity here, right? Even though that that may be the the impression with natural eyes, understanding that she is going to root, going to Boaz and saying, "Listen, I want you to be my redeemer, right? I want you to be my protector." And guess what? We've already seen that, haven't we? All chapter two. What did what did Boaz do? No one touch Ruth. No one touch her. Protect her. Right? And even Naomi, make sure you don't go into another field, but you stay with Boaz's young women, because then you're safe. Boaz is already acting as a protector, even in the language in which he speaks to her, my daughter. Right? Probably a considerable age difference, not using my sister, but using my daughter. There's a, um, a little bit of an age gap here. And what does Boaz respond? And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, that you have not gone after younger men, both poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are, what, a worthy woman. Boaz is not thinking at this moment, hey, I am, you know, there's a woman at my feet. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm full of, of good drink. My heart is merry. Now is the time for intimacy. Well, no, that's not what he's thinking about. You are a worthy woman, and I am a worthy man. Right now, you, you, in, a, in another situation, it may have been his his decision, right, to to go in that direction. There's a lot of other places in the Bible where that 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 happens. Okay, um, so we, we want to be very real, realistic, so we can kind of look and, and ask, you know, Naomi, why would you send your daughter-in-law in this situation? Like I said before, it's it's the character of Boaz and the character of Ruth. So instead of Bo, Ruth, instead of Boaz acting on his instincts. And his desires, he acts on righteousness. He makes a decision, no, I will not treat you the way everybody else treats you. I will not treat you as the world does. No, I'm going to treat you as a daughter because you are a worthy woman. It's the same thing that I think that we talked about last week in terms of men, how we should treat women. We should treat them as, as worthy, as, as people who are made in the image of God. That we will not objectify them, but we will treat them with honor and integrity, because that's what the Lord wants. God wants us, in terms of how we have relationships with each other, as a picture of righteousness. Right? We lay down our desires for the sake of righteousness. You know, Boaz was probably attracted to Ruth. Ruth was a, a younger woman, um, and even even here, he, and Boaz is like, "Why would you want me?" Why would you? That's kind of what he's saying. You have said this last kindness for me. You have not wanted other younger men, but you've want me, an, an older man. Do not fear, he says. I will do for you all that you ask, for you are my 
fellow, for all my fellow Tonsmans know that you are a worthy woman. Now, here's the great thing about Boaz. Watch what happens here. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. So he says, I, I will make sure that you are redeemed. I will make sure that you have rest. I will make sure that you are cared for. And you're right, I am a redeemer. But there's someone closer than I. Look at verse 12. Sorry, verse 13. Uh, verse 12. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I am, than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good. Let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. It's just, just a sweet picture of godliness there. I will treat you with right, righteousness as a worthy man. I will treat you as a worthy woman. And I will do what you ask of me. Right? I will make sure that you are redeemed. I will do everything. As the Lord lives, you will be redeemed. Remember, what, what did Naomi say? Boaz will tell you what to do. He'll give you instructions because of the character of, of Boaz. You know, there's not many times in the scriptures where I, when I preach, that I say, hey, be like this person, be like the, the leader of the story. Because we want to be like Christ. Christ is our ultimate example. He's the one that we look to. He's the one who laid down his life. We want to have the mind and the, and the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. But these are great pictures of what we should aspire to, right? Uh, Ruth was a, was, a, was a godly woman who loved her family and served her family and cared more about righteousness and uh, honor and integrity than outward appearance. Boaz was probably not the, the pick of the litter when it came to his, his youthfulness and to his looks, but he was a man of righteousness and nobility. Young ladies, if you are looking for a husband, do not look for someone who is just you know, strong and uh, handsome. Look for someone with noble character, who is righteous. Right? You will be blessed uh, by doing so. I think the same thing is, is for young men. Right? We don't want to be allured by the eye right? and look at the outward appearance, but we want to search and study the inner appearance of, of the heart. Uh, one who fears the Lord. Charm is a deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That is the, the goal of what we should be after. So we should be like Boaz. And we should be like Ruth. Look at verse 14. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Even here, what is Boaz doing? He's trying to protect Ruth's character. And Ruth kind of went out on a limb and said, hey, Boaz, I like you. Will you redeem me? Will you provide your, your, be my redeemer and provide for me and care for me and be, my, and be my husband? And Boaz is like, I will do it, but we want to make sure that your reputation is taken care of. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing this. So how can we make this in modern-day context, right? Uh, you know, sometimes there's certain things you shouldn't do. Right? And I think social media can be a dangerous place. Right? And we want to be zealous for each other's reputation. A reputation is a valuable thing. So we'll be very careful how we handle ourselves in, in the public sphere. Right? Because nothing, nothing icky went on here, right? It was all above board. It was righteous. Right? But guess what? It didn't look that way. If she would have left in the middle of the night, people would have had their own, own opinions. Okay? We want to not even avoid the, even uh, the appearance of evil. Ephesians 5, 3 says... Verse 15, and he said, bring the garment that you are wearing, hold it out. 
She held it out, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it, put it on her. Then she went into the city, and she came back to her mother-in-law. She said, how did you fare, my daughter? <laughs> tell me, tell me. What do you say? <laughs> I love it. Uh, then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. I think this is Boaz's kindness to Naomi. Now remember, Boaz was a relative. He was a worthy man from the clan of Elimelech. Right? Uh, Naomi was part of Elimelech's family for a long time. She would have known of Boaz. That may not have been, had, had a, a, a strong personal connection, but she would have known in our family, yeah, Boaz is, is, is a man. He's a, he's, a righteous, he's a righteous brother. And so when Boaz is kind of giving a nod to Naomi by giving the signs of the barley, this is my intentions. My intentions is to provide and care for her as I did in chapter 2. Right? I want to provide and care for her then. I'm going to continue to do that, to do that now. Verse 18. She replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Don't you just love how the, the plan words here? So the beginning of chapter 3, it says, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you? Those, those words, daughter and rest. The end of the chapter, what do you see? Wait, my daughter, and learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. You know what, 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 what Naomi is, is saying here? Is, um, Ruth, um, I don't have to seek your rest anymore. Because God has provided you a redeemer. God has provided you Boaz to care for you. Just wait to see how it turns out. Do you see how that how God in his kindness is just working in this through these characters, through these relationships? You know, sometimes I think that um, let me say this, this is going to sound com completely idiotic at first, okay? But just bear with me. Sometimes I think that we under-spiritualize things and over-spiritualize things at the same time. Right? So I, I think sometimes we under-spiritualize things because we, we don't give God credit for his sovereignty. God is in control of everything. God is in control how tall you are. Right? Uh, your, your strength, your age, where you move and where you live. God is in control of all those things. Right? We, we are free creatures, but our freedom is very defined because God determined our parents. God determined our intellect. God determined so much of our life that we have no clue about. And God is good and God is kind. Right? So God is working everything in our life for His good, for our good and for His glory. Period. Right? But sometimes I think that we um, over-spiritualize things and we don't realize that sometimes you just got to take a chance and dream. I mean, what are, what are the odds that Ruth, a Moabite, widow, Going back to a people that she does not know would ever find a husband. Did the, the, the desire to have children ever leave her? But when her husband died and breathed his last breath, back in the fields of Moab, among her own people, that's it. I'm never going to have a child. I'm never going to have a husband again. And she comes back in obedience to the Lord, and just maybe this Boaz will be my redeemer, will be my husband, and provide for me a child. There's just this beautiful picture of God, um, God's kindness to us. But guess what? 
Ruth needed Naomi to say, hey, go do this. For, go look for Boaz. And Ruth needed to have the courage to step up and say, hey, Boaz, will, will, you, will you have me? Will you be my redeemer? And Boaz needed to be the man of character that he was and says, yes, I will do all that I, that I can. Life is all about interwoven relationships, right? So I say this to each other. Sometimes you need to give godly counsel and push people, right? And sometimes we need to listen to that godly counsel, right? Sometimes people see things in our lives that we are blind to. And sometimes we just need to push them and have a kind of loving pushing and chotting them and towards uh, making godly decisions. And sometimes we need to be obedient. But through it all, what do we need? We need to have worth. We need to be worthy men and women to live our lives in honor of the Lord. And we can do that because the Lord Jesus Christ, the worthy one, has given us the spirit uh, by faith and repentance. So we are worthy because of Christ. And all you see here in this picture, this great story, and remember, this is in the midst of darkness when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And it would have been completely okay for everybody if Ruth spent the night there. Because that was what the judges were doing. They lived in, in immorality. But, beloved, guess what? The, the American culture is, is seeped with immorality. Will the church go above and beyond to have a reputation of character and righteousness? So that in our spheres of influence, whatever it is, whether it's in a, in a class, uh, on a team, in a, in a, in a um, co-op, whatever it is, they know, oh yeah, that person, that's a worthy brother. That is a worthy sister. And they don't question your integrity. They don't question your, your, your loyalty to the Lord because they watch your life day in and day out. Oh, beloved, let us be those people. Because all it does, it reflects upon our great Savior, our great Redeemer, who died and rose again to make us worthy for him. Father, we thank you for Ruth chapter 3. Help us make, make us worthy men and women, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.